SpecFicMedia.com presents Beyond the Wall, a Game of Thrones podcast with hosts E.G. Holyfield, Christiana Ellis, Chooch, Viv, and Nuchus. Hey everybody, no music today, we're just going to jump right into this. Uh, welcome to Season 4, Episode 1 of... Uh, Beyond the Wall, uh, Game of Thrones podcast. Uh, I'm PG Holyfield. Uh, if you are new to the show here, we've been doing this since uh, since the show began, and uh, uh, we're very happy to be back. Uh, just uh, just as everybody's happy for uh, season four to start at Game of Thrones. Uh, let me uh, introduce my my uh round table here my cast of uh hoodlums that join me every week uh, we're down one but uh uh we'll uh we'll have some fun tonight so uh first got chooch how you doing chooch hey i'm doing excellent having a great night awesome very excited viv is down we've been uh, working hard uh prepping to to see some friends this weekend i wonder who that might play be. some games and have some fun and but then she had a, a dental appointment and uh, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, she managed. She it wasn't managed anything to, horrible, but she managed to leave out that little bit of information, so I didn't realize. That oh, was yeah, maybe what I should have shared that with the world. Uh, is your tongue blue? Oh yeah, I was eating <laughs> Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> Way to start the show. And for those, <laughs> and for those listening to the audio version of this, Chucha's uh, <laughs> tongue is blue. Chucha's tongue is blue. <laughs> and we just heard the voice of Miss Nutty. How are you? I am doing well. I am doing well. My voice is slowly returning to me. I am casting live from New York. Great. <laughs> That's awesome. We, uh, um, forgot what I was just about to say. Golly. No, I was going to say, oh, I know what I was going to say. I was going to say that uh, our, um, you know, it's good to have you because we, these other fools join me for the consumption podcast. Christiana, I meant that in the most loving way possible, so don't, don't, don't be offended. <laughs> I'm the biggest fool of all, and um, so I'm glad to be getting, to, to give, begin, bleh, be getting back to uh, Beyond the Wall so we could, uh, so we have you join us on a regular basis, but I uh, hope you're doing well in New York. A little coughing here and there, but uh, don't worry about that. Uh, Christiana, Miss Christiana Ellis, how are you? I'm disappointed that my set of uh, custom Game of Thrones Lego figures that I ordered myself for my birthday didn't arrive in time for me to show them on the show. If they show up for next week, I'll I'll show them then, but they're pretty awesome. That is awesome. I'm looking forward to <laughs> seeing Otherwise, you I'm well. That is good. Yes, um, we'll at least three of us on this will be getting together soon, so that's uh, that's good news for all of us. Um, I don't want to jinx it, but my my throat was hurting this morning, but it's it's feeling a little better now. So I promise I uh, I won't be bringing any sicknesses. It's just allergies. This time of year, it's pollen (laughs) everywhere. I, I got I got PG sick from the last time we podcasted. He caught it from me. (laughs) <laughs> you just need to drink a bunch of alcohol to uh, sterilize the throat. Ah, that's it. Which agreed, yes. Put it. Fireball would probably work. Hot, or bleach. Or bleach. 
Yeah. Ah, for those uh, watching live on uh, Google Hangouts, uh, there is a Q&A app, so any questions we will try to get to during the show. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, um, go over to Google Hangout now. Uh, but if you are watching there, then uh, we'll try to scout that out as well. If Christiana, you could do that. Uh, everyone uh, sure. I'll check. That would be great. Uh, we've got a couple people in the uh, chat even asking questions before we get started. Uh, Mike McCauley's asking if uh, we had a radio check. Uh, we we did start a few minutes late, but uh, <laughs> glad you're there. And uh, Tim Dude. Dodge is there. Um, hi, Tim. Evening, Westerosians, he says. And then he asks the questions about the Lego sets, since Christiana brought that up. Are all the heads detachable? <laughs> Um, no doubt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, a couple of other announcements before we dive into the show. Um, with this past weekend, uh, in case you missed it, we did a, I did a little countdown thing before the show started. Uh, and then we did a live, uh, post show reaction thing where we got on, I guess we were on for like 20 minutes, about 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Longer than that to me, but I I don't know. Uh, I think it actually was only about fifteen, maybe twenty. I remember yeah. looking at the time. I know you you, saying, you challenged me. Yeah, you challenged me saying that 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 we wouldn't be able to do it. So I, I cut us off. And you know what? We're not going to be able to finish this podcast in an hour. <laughs> but um, yeah, but uh, we won't be doing it next week. But um, uh, I think after episode three. Uh, we will definitely do a after show. Um, we won't this week because I'll probably still be driving home, mm-hmm. so uh, probably won't get to see it live live. So, um, so anyway. Hey, uh, PG, can you put the um, the the YouTube link in the chat again, real quick? I can. Hold on one second. <laughs> so let's actually um, talk about. Our initial reactions to the show we sort of did this Sunday night, but uh, before we get into all the details, um, so what, what was everybody's just general reactions? Uh, how about you, Nettie? My uh, general reaction, general reaction, is uh, that I really liked it. <laughs> I, I watched it a second time just before recording tonight. And I think it holds up really well. Actually, I noticed a lot more on the second watch, uh, lots of little uh, facial acting between, I saw a lot of it in Tyrion, obviously, we always see that. But uh, Jamie, there was so much going on in his face and Samwell, and there was so much acting being done between dialogue. I'm very impressed. Yeah, we'll get into Arya, but her eyes, uh, Maisie Williams' eyes, like in, you know, when the hound is talking at that table or just they were magical, but uh, yeah. Uh, how about you, Christiana? General. Um, I, I, you know, I feel like the, the overwhelming feeling is just being happy to have the show back almost more than right. enjoyment of the episode specifically. That said, I think it's good too. Although, you know, anytime you have the first episode of a series, you're a lot of time is spent just kind of, Hey, remember where everybody is? Let's talk about that. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it it did really well, given that, and and so I I definitely enjoyed it. Right, and huge. I was 
a great roller coaster ride. I, it, it, I think did everything I needed it to do. It was to probably even more. I mean, there was a couple big what the fuck moments and it was great. Great, great premiere. Yep. And just for a reset for anybody that is new as uh Chooch's lower third says, uh, he's, he's, a. Uh, our, our our lone uh, book virgin, uh, so to speak. <laughs> he has. You read the first book. I, I keep read the first book. So you read the first book, but decided for the show uh, to not mm-hmm. uh, not continue reading the books. Save that till after uh, after we're all done with this uh, run. Uh, and I have to you have to keep hearing. Oh, but it, but this was in the book, and oh, you just need to read it. <laughs> uh, we to, didn't have a. I had a lot of news, but just to throw out the one piece of news is that uh, HBO's already renewed or added what two more seasons. Two more seasons. Uh, so, was there any uh, doubt? Yeah, there really wasn't. But uh, <laughs> the fact that they, uh, you know, that they did it, you know, day one or the first day after the first showing, just was, you know, they didn't even wait around for a couple weeks just to. <laughs> Just to see, so that was uh, that was the big news. But um, yeah, um, we we have a comment over at the YouTube. Uh, we have a awesome. comment from Sheriff Bullock, which uh, uh, I think we have a lot of appreciative uh, people here on the uh, podcast. Yes. Edward is awesome. Yes. Um, but uh, Sheriff Bullock says started listening to Beyond the Wall a month ago. Catching up on every podcast installment was an endeavor, but well worth it. Very wow. insightful commentary. I promise I'm not adding this myself. Christina <laughs> Ellis is my Thrones guru. <laughs> yes, that is Fantastic. wonderful. Yes, Sheriff. Um, that was awesome. Um, <laughs> There's other news, by the way. Yeah, go ahead and throw that out there. Actually, let me just throw my general comments just that, yeah, I enjoyed it just like most people oh, right. around the world. Um, the... Uh, you know, for even for our first episode, the pacing was really good, um, and um, this was you know directed by uh, Weiss, and it's probably one of the first episodes that he's directed that I really thought was was really strong. You know, most of the ones that they, I thought that they've chosen were you know normal or one of the ones that I didn't like for certain reasons, but uh, yeah, I thought. Everything was was great. And all, uh, not no grumpiness for me tonight, except for my normal <laughs> normal quibbles that we'll get into. But, uh, Perfect night for you to start your grump speaks segment. Yeah, I did. Uh, that's actually the yeah one one other piece of uh, website news, and um, I released a video just a little while ago, uh, which is just me rambling. Uh, about the episode in a different way with, you know, images popping up and, and just sort of talking about some themes in the episode and different things, but it was, it was fun. I'm hopefully going to do that every week. Uh, try to get it out by, by Tuesday or so. And, uh, uh, separate from this, different than this is a different, different take on certain things that I usually don't get to, uh, uh, talk about on this show, at least without Christiana interrupting me and telling me I'm stupid. So <laughs> or I'm wrong, not stupid, just wrong. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. an important distinction, PJ. It is. That that's is. True. You would never say you're stupid, but you would say you're wrong all day long. Uh, I think about the, the one thing about John and, uh, 
Corin Halfhand. She thought I was stupid. So. <laughs> but uh, so nutty uh, news. What else yes, did you have uh, there? This episode of Game of Thrones is the highest rated thing on HBO since the season finale, the series finale of The Sopranos. Wow! wow. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That so that's that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a little bit different now because they. Uh, they add things up differently, you know, they do multiple, multiple viewings. And I don't know if they have any sort of HBO go numbers that they can add in there, or how they, how they handle that. But, uh, but yeah, that they were approaching that, uh, number. Uh, Nicole Guglielmi says my beard is ready for winter. Uh, winter is coming. So yeah, it's it gotten longer. <laughs> Uh, Tim Dodge uh, says she, he is kind of afraid of Arya, so <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get to that uh, and more. But uh, so what do we want to do? We just want to jump right into it. Um, what did we have? Uh, we had do like we did last most of last season, I think, which was kind of track through certain characters instead of going scene by scene. Yeah, we didn't want to do the scene by scene thing. So yeah. Um, well, let's talk about. Uh, you know, we do. We can start with the with the with Tywin since uh, that is how the show started. Um, mm-hmm. You know, opens with. Well, actually, let's start with the. I don't know. I think I complained about this, but if I didn't on Sunday, the previously on two minute segment. Um, you know, for all the people that talk about spoilers and complaints about spoilers. That like two minute, you know, previously on was the biggest spoiler that like HBO could ever do because everything that's in the spoiler or in the previously on is obviously what's going to be in the episode. You know, mm-hmm. they show when it's clips from like two seasons yes. ago. So they show, you know, ice and they show Sir Dantos and they show Jamie Stump two or three times. So it's like, uh, okay, we know what's going to be in the episode, which is fine. You know, I, one of the things that they they've done is they've uh, you know, had these characters like Sir Dantos, especially where we weren't quite sure whether he was going to be featured because of the way they sort of introduced him and then dropped mm-hmm. him off, you know. So they had to do something like that. But I just uh, I'll definitely be skipping those uh, or muting them or what have you until we see the uh, the map going by. But um, I don't know if uh, I got the same previously on, but it didn't seem that much to me as out of place. Um, but then the last bit, there were like four scenes of Ice beheading someone. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, that doesn't match anything else. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was obviously because they were just yeah. the, 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 the opening scene they shot with Taiwan having Ice reforged. They don't say in that scene what sword that is, and then they only kind of obliquely refer to it later. So you, they kind of probably felt maybe even after what you know, having the whole edit of the episode put together is like, are people going to remember what sword that is? Maybe we need to add yeah, some extra stuff. Yeah, in I think that out. was definitely. I agree. That was definitely they. You know, even the you know, whoever showed watch the episode before it was shown they're like okay these are the things we need to do you know even with all that stuff people were confused about you know they're like was was he burning a direwolf pelt you know right. one of the dire, you know is that the 
the one they took the head off of and put on Rob's head, and they somehow got it up there. You know, but it's just it well. This, I'll confess, even scabbard. though I recognized the sword, I the scabbard, I like, I immediately saw that thing and is like, is that what Ned wore the sword on? Because that I don't remember that at all. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree. I was like, yeah. what? What's with the wolf pelt? Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Um. But that was yeah again before the even the opening credits they had that uh, uh, had that scene and you see that they're breaking down ice to build two uh, two swords um, one of which we get into in the next scene I think is mm-hmm. uh, the scene yeah, with yeah. Time. so um, but uh, the opening credits yeah. we got two new cities or one new city. Well, we got the Dreadfort, which we hadn't seen in the credits before. Okay, that's what I thought. Mostly because we didn't even, we it was still a secret where it was all, right. all the way up until episode 10 last season. So, um, so even though we obviously had a lot of scenes there, we didn't know yet where it was. So, but the Dreadfort is, was new and then uh, Marine. Yeah. The yeah also, when we went across over, you know, away from Westeros over to... You know the free cities. We they they took a different route over there instead of sort of zooming back out from the wall to center on King's Landing again and then going over east. Mm-hmm. It kind of went the other way around. Actually, yeah, and also because I rewatched it because I you know had asked I was because it almost looked like they went west to get to you know Essos and what it, they did was they sort of did like a, this three sixty thing where they just sort of went around and. You know, it sort of plays into the whole idea of how they have the whole, you know, map sort of like as a bowl, mm-hmm. the way they represent that, which I always thought was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, so we had um, we had the the melting and the the forging going on, um, then uh, the credits, then um, the next time we see uh, Tywin is with uh, with Jamie in the next scene where he's giving or being given the sword. Uh, one of the swords, um, and uh, you know we have one of the themes of the show coming out, which is around uh, well, you know, two different things. One for Tywin is the idea of you know ruling and controlling things is a whole lot different than fighting a war, um, and then from Jamie's side, the idea of uh, your oaths, and um, you know he's he's definitely going to be. Uh, or one of the themes is about oaths, and he's trying to keep his oaths, and uh, uh, doesn't want to leave King's Landing to go to uh, Casterly Rock. So uh, mm-hmm. we came out of that uh, that scene. I thought it was interesting when he gives him the sword, and and uh, you know Jamie's saying, you know, we, you've always wanted one in the family, and just thinking of you know how powerful and how rich that family is, and the fact that they didn't have one was mm-hmm. significant. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, it is. It is. We learn a little bit like last season when they were talking about the Reigns of Castamere, uh, when they described the whole point of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the things to remember is that the Lannisters are still looking at the history, still a relatively new house of prominence. Mm-hmm. You know, if you compare them to the houses like the Starks, who have ties to the to the first men. Right. 
there's oh. there's a big difference. They're not that new though, right? I mean, they've had Casterly Rock for a long time. Yeah, I think it was um, more about the. Uh, I mean, because they were prominent. Well, and then there's then like Tywin's. Tywin's always pays his debts, and yeah. I mean, like uh, you know, it, I think it's, I think it's been a while, but I I think wasn't the whole Reigns of Castamere thing just kind of like they're sort of re-entering doing more mm. with the rest of the continent instead of kind of keeping to themselves. Yeah, yeah. I just I just mean like they're not, they're not like the relatively, you know, like the Starks have ties to the first men and the Targaryens, well, they were the the family that conquered Westeros whereas the Lannisters were a noble house and they became really big. And while they seem like they've got lots and lots of history, they're not so old that they have Valyrian steel. Right. Plus, there, I don't think there was a lot in their family as far as like uh, great uh, warriors and you know types of people that would have come into contact or into uh-huh. ownership of such. Well, I always thought it was more of a reflection just of that there really isn't that much Valyrian steel yeah. around. I mean, well, that like- too. Yeah. Jamie says, you know, they haven't forged a sword, a Valyrian steel sword since the Valyrian doom. I, I don't know if right. he actually said it yeah. that way, but uh, I mean, that was like what, like three thousand years ago or something, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. But I'm saying just that the fact that you know the richest family in Westeros mm-hmm. didn't have any because you can't buy it. <laughs> it was like one thing you yeah. can't buy. Mm-hmm. So uh, one thing I liked probably the most in that scene was when Tywin tells him where, or sort of intimates where he got the, the sword or the steel for the sword, even uh, Jamie, who's, you know, trying to be a better man. He had this little chuckle on his face when he's like thinking about, you know, the Starks losing their sword or that that's where the sword came from. I just mm-hmm. thought that was a, a nice touch for him. I, I thought it was a nice touch that Tywin, whom we've never seen hold a sword in the entire show, is the one who deems the uh, that ice was absurdly large. Right. Like, yeah. well, yeah, for someone who doesn't ever use a sword for anything, it's absurdly large to hold ceremoniously. <laughs> yeah. I also like in sword. the smelting scene. It is a big damn sword. Mm. In the smelting scene, wow. it was the reigns of Castamere that was playing as yeah. the score. I, I, I thought that was a nice yeah. touch. It was, you know, a, it was a different version that was sort of mixed with the, yeah. uh, the main theme from the show. It was a little mm-hmm. you know, thing. Well, yeah, it leads into the credits. Uh, I have to say, time. though, I, I am not to the point where I'm sick of it, but I want the show to stop using that song as just automatic shorthand for Lannisters. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't so much there that it bothered me as much as um, this the scene with the the, the guys singing it in the brothel, and <laughs> yeah. I love that scene. Otherwise, but I just kind of feel like I want them to start being able to tell us someone is a Lannister in other ways than that. And there are more songs. There's so many There's more songs two. in the books than Reigns of Castamere and the Bear and the Maiden Fair. That's it. Mm-hmm. I think they just they realized they were successful in their implementation of that song and so now they're overusing it a little bit and so I think they need to chill out on Reigns of Castamere don't overdo it 
Too late. But uh, yeah, so otherwise, that's a that's a minor complaint though. In the- <laughs> but so Jamie says no to Tywin and gets mm-hmm. away with it, kind of. Well, it didn't seem it. like a very serious threat. Man with no family. It didn't seem like he was that serious about it. And actually, I couldn't tell at first whether he just meant he's not going to have a wife because he's going to stay in the King's Guard. So like that kind of family, not broader sense of family. Well, but think about Tywin's whole thing, Mm. you know, as, you know, you know, as much as he's kind of messed up, but his whole thing is like, you always do um, what's best for the family instead of what's best for yourself. And if Jamie is essentially saying, I won't be Lord of Casterly Rock. I won't inherit. I won't marry. I won't produce any further children. I'm basically just going to sit here and be an ineffective Kingsguard until I'm dead, and that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At that point, Tywin's got to be thinking, well, then what use are you to me? Yeah. Yeah. Now, like like, I, I think Tywin at this point has entirely written off his kids' generation of Lannisters. He's basically saying, Okay, I'm starting over with Joffrey and Tommen and Marcella to the extent that he has any influence over her, given that she's in Dorne. But uh, um, I think he's really just kind of decided, okay, Tyrion, Cersei, Jaime, they're all lost causes. I'm just going to try to prevent them from doing any damage until I can hopefully do better with the next generation. Agreed, but I think that he thought that of Tyrion from get-go. Well, yeah, but he always had sure. Jamie. Yeah. And and then there was Cersei also who at very least was supposed to, you know, she she married the king and there was that whole element, but now like she's being rebellious about that. He's basically having to force her to marry someone who's not nearly as important as the last time and she's rebelling even in that and acting petty about it, which, you know, I'm not saying I blame her. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> from his perspective. And uh, um, and now Jamie, who is like supposed to be like the best of a bad lot, is throwing it in his face again. Yeah. And so, you know, he's just kind of like, fine. OK, you know what? You don't want to you don't want to be part of this family. You're not anymore. Well, that's like, I mean, you know, it gave the big speech. To Arya back in whatever season two, whatever it was, when he was talking about legacy, and he's not, you know, he knows he's not long for the world as far as you know being in his fifties or however old he's supposed to be, sixties, uh, and um, you know the idea that Jamie was always his, you know, ace in the hole as far as you know Casterly Rock. He, he once he left there and came came back to King's Landing, that was just his assumption that. You know, he would uh, carry on the family legacy, and uh, you know, Jamie's just like, "Nope, I've got my oath here. I'm, I'm going to keep it." And yeah. From there. Oddly enough, though, I feel like with Jamie, it's like it's almost not even really about his oath anymore. I I feel like he's kind of at the point where he's kind of completely lost. I mean, he has some interest in continuing with the oaths. But then he's also kind of wants to get back with Cersei because at this point we haven't had her completely reject him yet. But I think 
he's really at this point where like he doesn't even know what he's supposed to do anymore. He just knows that none of the options he's being prevented presented with seem like any good at all. And he doesn't even know who he is anymore with his without his sword hand. Because, I mean, you know, I don't want to get too much into it. But, you know, the only time we've seen, you know, he he says, you know, a real swordsman's going to be good with either hand. But the only time we ever seen him hold a sword since he lost his hand, he got whooped pretty severely. <laughs> um, now, you know, there was extenuating circumstances there. <laughs> but still, um I would think that, like, if he was really doing fine with his left hand, he probably would make it a point to uh, show people that in the open. Oh, yeah, it's total bravado. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so um, given that, like, like, so he's had all of these things that he tried to define himself by, and all of those things are being taken away. And so he doesn't even, it's like, okay, well, who is he now? Yeah. And probably a little bit of like, haven't I done enough? <laughs> haven't I given mm -hmm. enough? Right. So we have, um, you know, Tywin in that scene. I don't think we see him for the rest of the show, but um, the, uh, you know, it's always good to have Tywin uh, interact with any of his family directly. Um, mm hmm. But Jamie from there goes, uh, the next time we see him would be uh, with his uh, famous uh, <laughs> hand and the wave. That was, that was awesome. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it looked better in, in other scenes, but that scene in particular, I thought it looked really strange, like it was about 25% too big. Too big, yeah. Yes, I agree. It looked like the hand was... Hellboy's hand, mm -hmm. <laughs> but gold. And I was thinking, if this is gold, how is he expected to carry that thing around all day? Well, it's exactly. not solid, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, yeah, it looked like it was. It would be the type of thing where, how are you going to? Yeah, it just seemed like it'd be heavier than than you would want, but. Uh, you know, it's, it's I also feel like looks, I, so. I don't know. I guess maybe. I was just trying to think, like, what what position would you want the hand in, just to be the most practical use? And I guess, I yeah, guess, you about like what he's got is good. Just, you know, he can hold a wine glass with it, right? Of course, you went for a uh, a, a Lego. Uh, person. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he needs the the, the kick ass sword, screw on sword. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It should have a uh, different. Uh, he should just have a sword screw into his hand, and then he doesn't have to learn to fight with his left. Yeah, I mean, it, that, I, I, mean I think it is telling that, you know, the the idea of doing something like, you know, pirate with a hook or whatever. I mean, people in that time that have lost their hands, I'm sure they have something more practical than a goal, you know, a hand. So, I mean, part of it is more about looks and and. and presentation and I'm a Lannister and you know it wasn't wasn't uh Jamie's decision to do that hand like that of course you know but that's what Cersei does for him so I just thought that was that was telling and he's not in a position just to say um you know no thank you because uh, he's still trying to get back in her good graces um but that was uh that was a great scene other you know I mean you got to see Kyburn a little bit you know at least there uh, 
We certainly learned that uh, Jamie is getting along famously with him, has engaged his services for some mysterious symptoms. Mm-hmm. You're talking about oh, Cersei said that, right? Yeah. Yes. So, I want to know um, what Tooch thinks those symptoms are. Yeah. I'm thinking she had an abortion. Ooh. 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 Jake, so Lancel was a little Lancel too a effective. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, uh, time frame. Time in Westeros is always a troubling thing to try to figure out. You know, how much time has passed between X, Y, and Z. So, um, but other than that, you know, uh, we have just the the discussion between um, Jamie and Cersei, and the the uh, thing that really comes out of that is, is is Cersei basically saying, you know, you were gone, and and now it's too late, or you're too late being here. Um, that you can't just pick up. With, you know, where things were, blah, blah, so much has happened. Uh, what do you think about about that discussion, Christiana? Well, one one quick note, too. Were you wanting me to monitor the Q&A as well? Because we have um, so many people Yeah, there. I was trying to find a good place to break because some of these are like, uh, like Mike McCauley says, yeah, Chooch, what's with the Smurf tongue? And, <laughs> and then uh, uh, Teal Wolf asks, Chooch, are you actually a warlock with a blue tongue? So, uh, <laughs> a motherfucking yes. wizard. <laughs> oh, I was eating Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> um, yes. I like that one about um, it's kind of like Tycho. How do you pronounce Rahi. that? Rahi. Yeah. Rahi. Thank you. Uh, I never, I always read it in my head. Uh, his gold nose. I like yeah. that. <laughs> yes. Uh, Tito Wolf also said that he, uh, his brain connected with ice immediately, but the, the pelt uh, being burned took a little thought. Uh, then Mike McCauley says that uh, he's a virgin virgin hanger outer. Probably wrote that in response to to Chooch being a virgin uh, Game of Thrones reader. Uh, <laughs> all others were audio podcasts for me. Awesome to see it in action in action for the first time. Thanks mm-hmm. for joining us live there, Mike. Yeah, it's definitely cool getting the live feedback. Yeah, I like that. Uh, a lot. So Cersei and Jamie. What do you think about their uh, their their discussion there? Uh, I thought it was interesting how, how kind of quickly that was that that we didn't see a little bit more, I guess, progression. You know, we we kind of skipped ahead a couple of weeks, right? You know, mm-hmm. he even says it's been weeks. Yeah. Um, and I guess I may, you know, I'm not complaining about this, but I guess just what I was expecting to happen is a little bit more of for a while, her trying to act like things haven't changed until eventually she has to admit that they have. But instead, it seems like they just kind of skipped right ahead to that. Because I, I feel like, you know, it's it's interesting to think about because on the one hand, we know what Jamie's been through. And in that context, it does seem sort of almost monstrously unfair for her to reject him on the basis that it took too long. But that said, you know, I'm, I'm ignoring the fact that the incest is icky. So I'm just, so that, you know, imagine that these are just two, you know, two separated lovers. 
it's also true that uh, she's been through a lot since then. And it's not necessarily fair to expect her to be able to just rewind through, you know, all of those months and months of uh, trauma that she's been through and just pick things up back the way they were, especially when he is not the way he was either. How can he expect things to be the way they were when the way he was before is different than he is now? And I don't even just mean the hand, right? It's, it's too. yeah, the hair is different. It, it looks darker <laughs> when it's so short like that. And, um, you know, he's got scars on his face now and his hands there and he's probably got PTSD of some kind or another. He's definitely not swaggering the way he used to. He wants to keep his oath. Yeah, and so, like, I, I feel like she feels like I've moved on. Whether that's fair to you or not doesn't change the fact that it's happened. And so it's not fair for you to expect me to just undo how I feel because you're not happy about it. And so she could have more compassion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for what he went through, but it's also, I don't think it's not, it's not fair to make her force herself to feel differently than she really does. Right. So uh, hard to little, tell with her. She's also she a bitch though, that we know really was sleeping with Lancel way earlier anyway. So it's not even like she waited for a long time and then eventually <laughs> was forced to give it up. So I'm not excusing her so much as to just say there's there's real some some real justification for her feelings changing too. Yeah, it was just like uh, when uh, Tyrion was giving Lancel a hard time. Just you know, what do you think Jamie's reaction will be when he uh, hears about you and dear old Cersei? But uh, for those uh, in the Q and A. you know, they're, they're discussing some things there and uh, try not to put any spoilers in the Q&A uh, for Chooch's, Chooch's sake. Well, um, and any listeners, too. That yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we're not going to answer Even any spoilers. Even the listener who question. says spoil it. Yeah, yes, there's that, lots of people. That's, that's, that's what I was talking about. I didn't want, didn't want things to be going back and forth in the Q&A that, that might be spoilers for, for Chooch. Just uh, regarding the timing, though, I mean, without spoiling, I think we can say yes. that... Um, some of the sequence of events is different from in the books. Jamie has returned before some things have happened that in the books, he didn't get there until after those things happened. Right. Yes. And uh, yeah, Cersei's, Cersei's you know, reactions and things. Now it's in a different context. That was one of the things I talked about in my little thing, just that it's because of the, the timing of when Jamie does get to King's Landing, it, mm-hmm. it opens up a lot of possibilities for cool things, you know, this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Virgin, I've actually, Scott, in case so. you're wondering, he, uh, he did not get there for supper. <laughs> um, I, that's what he wants. There you go. I, I've been, uh, I was pleasantly surprised, though, just to see how, um, how, I guess how they've really not had to change all that much that the timing is different. You know what I mean? All, a lot of the aspects of his return are really not that different. True. 
Um, trying to think if there's anything else with 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 their uh, I mean, but, mm. yeah, but uh, the one thing with Cersei is just I mean you mentioned it, but the idea is that she was you know when he left or right before Jamie left, I mean she was pretty much the most powerful woman in Westeros um, in the world, maybe you know comparatively, and you know since that time you know Joffrey's come to his own. Her dad's there now, and she's, you know, her worst nightmare is the whole idea of being a woman stuck in this man's world and, and you know, being forced to do these things that she may not want to do. So, uh, yeah, I mean, she's, she's. She, well, and we can she, imagine, you know, the fantasy that when she and uh, Tyrion were only half joking last season about um, maybe you'll get out of having to marry Loras because once Jamie gets back, Loras will come through, come down with a case of sword through bowels. And, <laughs> and even if she probably wouldn't have ever really seriously suggested doing exactly that, you could certainly imagine her sort of keeping that as a little fantasy in the back of her mind. But then for him to show up with his sword hand missing, it's kind of like, the very thing that she felt like he could do for her that she couldn't do on her own. Now he can't do that either. Right. So let's move on to the other scene where we have uh, Jamie, which uh, again is Jamie and, and Brienne. Mm-hmm. Um, we can jump back though and, and get Brienne's first scene. I think there's a scene before that where Brienne, well, that's sort of the end of Brienne's little run there where Brienne comes in to talk to, uh, uh, to Lady Olena, I'm sure that brought two people together that, that Nutty was, was hoping to see. Uh, was so and, and, uh, yes, that was so Yes, that was... She's like, you You can't refuse someone like her. Yeah. <laughs> Olena is in love, in, in my opinion, Olena is in love with Brienne because Brienne is everything Olena wishes she could have been. And it's someone actually having the power of men without having to manipulate the men around her to do what she wants them to do. Because Olena definitely manipulates people to get her own way. She's got her oaf husband and her oaf son, and she handles things. Whereas she can look at Brienne and, and see, no, this is someone who takes charge. This is someone who does things. Look at her. She's amazing. She's beautiful. See, that's in- interesting. I, cause I, I have a slightly different take on that. I mean, I agree. I, I think it's great that she, she is, uh, so pleased with Brienne, but, uh, mm. um, I don't feel like Olena. See, I feel like Cersei wishes she were a man. So she could just do all of these things that right. men can do. I don't think Olena feels quite that way. I think she thinks it's dumb that for some reason, men only think they should have to listen to other men. But I don't think she really wishes she could strap on a sword and go out and fight wars and stuff. True, true. I'll, I'll agree with you on, in that regard. But And so I think that although she likes Brienne and even um, I like admire, I feel like is not quite the right word. It's more like she's impressed by. She yeah. respects it. She respects Brienne, but I also feel there's a little bit of it that's kind of just like she's pleased by the novelty more yes, than that's what any, I was gonna anything say. else. It's a total novelty. Absolutely. So did anybody else, I mean, Chooch, hmm? right, this is a question for you. Um, were you confused or 
the idea that Brienne could just be walking around King's Landing, you know, um, she was, you know, one of one of uh, one of uh, Renly's, you know, Kingsguard, and and um, you know, they would know by her last name that she sided with with, with against you know, the Baratheons. So mm-hmm. you know, the idea that she was just walking around, did you just assume that, you know, Jamie spoke on her hat on her behalf or something or, or. Yeah. That was my assumption is that, yeah, he, he made, made it happen. <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, I, I was just, you know, I was just like, okay, that's sort of weird that they don't really cover that at all. And they're just, she's just you know, wandering around and stuff. But mm-hmm. Well, they at least address that she approaches Marjorie, which is a little different than in the books. I think in the books she talks to Loras about it, but in terms of going to Marjorie with um, basically saying, so as probably the only other person in the city who cares about what actually happened to Renly, let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, so what did you feel about her line uh, leaving Olena and having Marjorie and her... Uh talking where she's, you know, when she made the statement, Joffrey is, is my, is my king, not, uh, not Renly. Um, mm-hmm. how do you feel? I mean, did you just take that at face value or was it, you know, she's just playing the game, playing the game or, you know, she's, cause I like Viv has always been a proponent of, you know, was she, you know, <laughs> I love it when she says was, was, uh, was she? Was Marjorie in the room when when uh, Joffrey <laughs> was killing Roz? Which I don't I, think that. But um, I still don't know where she gets that because I, I don't think there's any evidence to support that. I mean, we don't know for a fact. That I think I was the one, who but I don't proposed it. I well, raised the question. I, I suppose yeah. it's 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 true that it's possible, but I don't think we've seen any evidence to suggest it. Yeah, they just had that. They just had the one scene where she seemed to not be or at least the appearance of not being disgusted by his thirst for violence and, and that type of thing. And I think, I wouldn't be surprised if she was there because that's, that's she reads people and that's her in with him. That's what gets him off. And she wants to be his wife. Just, he was so turned on very... when, when she liked the crossbow and was into it that, he really, really liked that. So, well, but he he is not yet at the point where he feels like he needs to include her in everything. I mean, remember when uh, Sansa and Tyrion were getting married? He he ignored her, left her at the table while she's sitting there looking like she wants someone to come talk to her. He ignored her to go harass Sansa. So I don't know that he would necessarily think to include her every time he wants to do something creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was, that, I think that was just because that's the first time he went that dark yeah. and, uh, mm. to kill. So I don't think he would have wanted anybody else there uh, except to clean up the mess. <laughs> I just, I, I think that Marjorie is very practical. And if we go back to that one statement she made where she doesn't want to be a queen, she wants to be the queen. She's able to stomach a lot of things and she's able to do a lot of things. So, you know, Joffrey is my king now. Just, Yes, she knows how to play the game. She knows what she's doing. I think it's very interesting that in the books, as we mentioned last time, that um, Brienne was in the cells. She was put in the dungeon as soon as she showed up to King's Landing. 
and Loris sought her out. If it's Brienne's choice, it makes sense that she would go to Marjorie. I would never see her going to Loris. So I'm very glad that that's how they went with it, considering the rest of what they're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think there's also just the element of kind of reminding Brienne she needs to be more careful what she says. It's almost a little, it's like a follow-up to Marjorie kind of joking that if Joffrey got to pick right. the necklace, she'd have a ring of uh, sparrow heads around <laughs> her neck, yeah. which was great. But then, of course, uh, Olenna was basically saying, listen, even here, you need to not say things like that out loud. Yeah. And yeah. and I think she, she sort of took that as, okay, yeah, you're right. And so, likewise, when she's talking to Brienne, and Brienne is saying anything implying that uh, old Renly should have been king or whatever, I think Marjorie is just kind of saying, I'm going to just cut you off right there. A, he's already dead. It's not going to happen. B, let's not have you do anything else now that's going to get you thrown in jail. Again. <laughs> yep. Yeah. If you're if your quibble is or your anger is with Stannis, then uh, you know that's fine. But uh, we need to keep things uh, keep things moving here in King's Landing. Um, uh, we had Gary. Uh, who wants to be spoiled saying he's an Elena Tyrell Brienne <laughs> shipper. So um, good for you. <laughs> uh, um, so Brienne talks with, uh, with Jamie after that um, a little bit later. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, they have again, a discussion about her. She brings up the idea that uh, he has oaths with her uh, that he needs to keep. Um, and um, yeah, how'd you, how'd you feel about that, Chooch? As far as the the idea that he would be able to, you know, I mean, the the Stark girls aren't exactly savable at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had been thinking about that. Um, I think Viv and I had been talking about it. Just that, what it, what do you do? Um, no one to take him to, and I don't know. I it it, it seemed to me that his vow was released when you know. She died and Rob died and you know, I think I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess initially I thought, you know, maybe that is the safest place for them. But then when she says look me in the eye and say this is the safest place, the <laughs> Yeah, yeah wait a minute. Like, oh, yeah, well. That was awesome. Well, the yeah. other thing is too, we we remember like uh like the hound points out, you know, she does still <laughs> have sister. another aunt, even though we know Lysa is not exactly a safe <laughs> place yeah. to go either. That yeah. <laughs> shit crazy. Yeah. Plus, uh, engaged to Littlefinger. Ugh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> As, uh, at least that was the plan. I don't know if we ever got confirmation on that. Well, he, he uh, sailed off to the he area. He sailed off there. But, last uh, season, so. Yep. Well. Hopefully, we'll, we'll catch up with him. Um, we did have one other scene, if there weren't anything else with that, with uh, with uh, Jamie, and that would be with his um, his nephew slash possible son, depending on what you know what you what you believe. But uh, yeah, uh, so Joffrey just owning his dickishness. I mean, he is he is he's fun to watch now. I used to just hate him. Now it's like I actually enjoy whenever he's on the screen just to see what I he's know. Gonna, just this. What I he's know. He's learned sarcasm 
yeah. you know, the whole bit, like turning to Jamie's page in the book and like, yeah. first of all, it's like, oh, you know, Sir Arthur Dane. Oh, Sir Duncan the Tall, which is, you know, a nice nod. Awesome. Um, but then also like, but, but uncle, someone must have forgotten to written <laughs> yeah. down, write down all of your great deeds. Oh, I screen capped it, by the I just way. wanted to backhand him with that gold hand. Punk. I uh, I screen capped it. I've got Jamie's entry here. Squired first, Barristan Selmy against the King's Wood uh, Outlaws, yeah. knighted and named to the King's Guard in his 16th year for valor in the field. At the sack of King's Landing, murdered his king, Aris II, <laughs> at the foot of the Iron Throne, pardoned by King Robert Baratheon, thereby known for as King the Kingslayer. So that's his page. Wow. Yeah. Cool. It's in the book. The 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 big white book <laughs> wrote his name is Kingslayer. That is awesome. <laughs> well, it would be hard to leave that part out. Uh, true. <laughs> it's not just what people call him, you know, like cuz Tyrion is called the imp by everyone. But it's not like written in a history book somewhere. You know, this dwarf is known as the imp. Whereas Don't forget Jamie, Demon Monkey. It's yes, Demon, Demon Monkey. Monkey. That one is in the history book. <laughs> but with Jamie, it's in the history book. It's like, oh yeah, he killed his king and um, he's a king slayer. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, we had the, the, I mean, just the back and forth. I, I did like Jamie's. I mean, Jamie kept it cool as Joffrey kept... Uh, yeah, throwing in the throwing in the uh, mm -hmm. the, the daggers well, there, but uh, remember too though how long it's been since Jamie saw Joffrey. Yeah, Joffrey has come into his own as someone who can say and do what he wants without you know fear of any reprisal at all. You know that's new since Jamie last saw him. Yeah, I don't. I don't see. Well, we don't know, but I don't see uh, Tyrion slapping Joffrey anymore for some mm -hmm. reason. Yeah. Uh, now, did you guys notice the statue of Joffrey? Oh yeah, yeah. that was that was that was his, the height of his dickishness that he <laughs> has a, the the statue with the crossbow and the bolts and the and the wolf. So, like you know, the fact that he little had, shit. The fact that he did absolutely nothing with the Starks at all, as far as, you know, it's not, you know, if he had had like a, uh, um, you know, well, he's a Baratheon, so it would, that wouldn't work, but, you know, have, <laughs> have him on top of a deer or something, you know, that's his own family, but, um, you know, the idea that, uh, that he picked the wolf and, and all that was just hilarious. Yeah. And he probably but, had him working on it, you know, way long before anything yeah, happened. Yeah. Well, and especially if you think about the fact that the way that the Starks were beaten was by breaking the laws of hospitality. No one else would make a statue to that. Mm -hmm. But Joffrey's like, yeah, yeah, I killed the Starks. <laughs> yeah, nothing well, and, and, you know, it's not yeah. even like it, was, yeah. it wasn't even him that did it. You know, yeah. it's like Tywin made arrangements with someone else to make that happen. And Joffrey found out about it afterwards. Yeah. It's just like what you wow you little shit. Anyway, I can't say anything else. Well, I'm sorry, my words are failing me. He's remembering though what what he learned from Cersei back in um, 
season one, yeah, which is, you know, true. when you're the king, history is what you say it is. That is true. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I, I mean, in both those scenes with Cersei and with uh, Joffrey, the whole idea of them blaming Jamie for being captured and being held prisoner during war is, you know, it's like, you weren't there. I mean, Tywin sent me out with less troops, and then, you know, uh, Rob split up his army in a way that, you know, captured me. So it's like, you know, blaming him for that, uh, if coming from both those directions, and him just taking it, I thought was uh, was pretty telling. Yep. Agreed. On all counts. Um, let's see. Joffrey, that's all we have with Joffrey, right? Um, so let's go back and, uh, start with, uh, with Tyrion. Um, we get uh, a cool scene with Tyrion and Bronn and, uh, Podrick. Um, oh, and we have to give, um, Tyrion the facial expression MVP award for the episode. And, um, oh, Prince Doran's health is, uh, prevented him from traveling. So Prince Oberon is coming instead. And just the... <laughs> <laughs> the reaction of him just you can you can hear in his head him going oh shit um, okay he'll think 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 of something polite to say oh, right. oh I'm not I'm failing oh shoot <laughs> yes yeah um, but uh, it's nice to see pod um, looking older and yeah. you know more confident about himself and all that good stuff Bron uh, with his uh, calling out the banners. Yeah, Bron being his normal funny self, uh, which we <laughs> see throughout. Um, but yeah, the the whole idea of when it carries on that the relationship has changed between Bron and uh, Tyrion, and the fact that that Tyrion is is trying to be a husband and not be you know, the, the lech that he has been, and it sort of, you know, comes across just, there's not as much joking between the two of them. It's, you know, all brawn with the, with the quips. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but, um, yeah, so we have to, they had to deal with the, uh, being the failed ambassador, uh, (laughs) I mean that the the you get the idea from the Dornish that they they are not respectful at all of uh, of, of of the Lannisters, of course, and uh, yeah, pretty much just uh, blow right by them and um, uh, continue on. And then uh, we see we hear or first hear very quickly about uh, Oberyn's uh, uh, reputation, and then we go to the. Uh, the bordello uh, for uh, for our first meeting with him. So, mm-hmm. uh, what was your first thoughts of of Oberyn, Chooch? That's uh, clearly a, a complex character. I kind of liked him right off the bat. He's got you know a certain swagger and uh, good looking guy, and I'm really, really you know I think he's really gonna shake stuff up. I'm fascinated what's gonna happen. This yeah, is one of those a... characters that I could not wait to meet. Um, I loved him in the books. I was wondering 
if they were going to include his paramour. I was afraid that they would exclude her because they like to cut out characters. And I was so happy to see that not only did they include her, but they went to the brothel. They picked out a pretty girl for her. And then he picked out a pretty boy for himself. And I was like, oh, my God, Oberyn, it's you. In my head, I always pictured Oberyn a bit bigger. But he is exactly what um, Tech has always pictured. Mm. So that seems to work out very well. And my God, am I ever attracted to that man. Ooh. He's stunky. That's that's good. Oh, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I think they may have thought about, you know, possibly removing her, but the whole idea of how she is treated as an equal by Oberyn and, you know, the fact that Shay is going to see that, I would think, at some point, mm. and the conversation that you might they might have about, you know, the, the, the differences in these types of relationships, of course. You know, Tyrion's got to keep that a secret. Um for obvious reasons, but the uh, the idea that, uh, yeah, that may not paramour, I just love that word, paramour, you know, not, <laughs> not concubine or something like that, but paramour, you know. Uh, so, uh, I, I, yeah, and I like, I've elected her. She was uh, uh, Luther's wife in Luther, the BBC show. Mm. I liked her. She was on some other show, too. Or she was on Rome. That's uh, who she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She looks familiar. Now, once you say that, it clicks in my head. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I like her a lot better than this. Like, she's a lot fiery. Oh, yeah. She's... <laughs> yeah, we're going to see, see lots of her, probably. But, um, yeah. Shay may not be an issue for long, though. Is that what you think? Hmm. Yeah, I mean... It's not going well <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I mean, the way she walked out of the room, but, you know... I, well, no, and the little... Here. Well, and also she demanded that yes. uh, Tyrion ask her to stay, and he said nothing. So yeah. said nothing at all. Yeah, um, but yeah. I mean, but I, I just want to slap her or strangle her every time she's on the screen now, uh, Shay. Because I mean, yeah, you know, maybe they had to have that scene one more time where they argue about you know that she doesn't love him and he loves Sansa or blah 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 and. You know, they needed that to have the spy see that and then to have something to go report. But the whole, I just, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I've warned of Shay and yeah. you would think that, that, that you would have to have a reason to, or at least understand why Tyrion would want to keep her around. And maybe he has reached that point by the, by the way he reacted at the end there. But Well, the problem is that I, he, in a, in a way, well, first of all, let me just briefly rewind to say, because I didn't say anything earlier, I think Oberyn also is awesome. So, <laughs> yes. um, But to, to jump back over to uh, Tyrion and Shay, I feel like it's what's kind of tragic is that Tyrion is finally doing what is probably the right thing, which is breaking it off with Shay, but he's doing it probably too late especially given that now we have the spy overhearing and everything. And the, the problem has always been he has known for a long time that it could never work long term. But he's been lying to himself and then lying to her as a result for way too long because he can't quite bear to let her go, even though he knows he keeps trying to 
trick himself into thinking that there's some way to make it work, even when he really knows better. And so I think that's what's happening here is it's just his hand is getting forced. He's thinking it's like, I can't even figure out a way to spend time with you, much less solve any of the other problems. And so I've really got to, it's, it, it's almost like he's addicted to her and he knows that she's bad for him and that it's bad for her as a result and dangerous, but he, he really should have way before this point just told her, listen, I'm sorry, it's not going to work. You need to go. I, you know, and so like she was offended when she thought Tyrion was sending uh, Varys to do it. Um, and it's, I believe Tyrion when he says he has no, he had no idea because I feel right. like if at that point in that conversation, if it really had been him and he, and he said, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't think that he would have still denied it at that point, because especially given that he is kind of trying to say without actually saying it out loud. Mm -hmm. Yes. I need you to leave. Right. Um, and the fact he didn't answer and say, yes, you should stay it kind of mm -hmm. makes it moot. It doesn't matter if you put Ferris mm -hmm. up to it or not. He so it's very hard for him clearly, but the truth is that he probably should have done this a long time, a long ago. time ago. Right. 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 Um, so I, I went over to Shay because I was sort of contrasting their relationship with, uh, Oberon, Oberon, but I didn't want to leave him, mm -hmm. leave Oberon. Um, Nicole, uh, says in the chat that uh, um, thought the actor for, for Oberyn was too tiny, way too tiny at first. But when he made his threatening statements to Tyrion, I was like, oh yeah, he's good. <laughs> Definitely love the, the finger on Tyrion's chin uh, as he was talking. I thought that was uh, quite a... Uh, I good, was convinced when, when he had the dagger in the other guy's wrist oh, yeah. and he was just saying, you know, it's like when I remove this knife, it will bleed quite a lot. <laughs> so many arteries in the wrist. And then he kind of twists it and grins a little oh, bit. Yeah. Like, mm. You know? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, yeah. Well, and did you notice that uh, his, his dagger is a three-sided dagger, which means it puts a triangle hole, mm. which means that that can't clot or seal. So it's a much more dangerous dagger. And I just, I was like, you know, panty melted once I realized how badass his dagger was. <laughs> Not to mention the acting. I uh, did, uh, since, since Nicole is, yes, uh, is praising us, I did want to say, uh, she, she wrote earlier, I didn't notice the uh, wolf part of the statue. That's why I love this show. You guys see so much more than I can in each episode. It's more because we have to watch, you too, watch each one three times before we do the show so we can actually talk. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I didn't notice. Actually, I, th I, th I thought it was – the first time I watched it, I thought it was a boar. I thought it was sort of like him symbolizing him, you know, killing the boar that killed his mm -hmm. dad. And I just thought, it, you know, and then when I watched it again, and could see it was a, a wolf that uh, it was even funnier. So, um Let's see here. Uh, Teal Wolf says, uh, could Oberyn and Jamie be too much smarm for King's Landing to handle? <laughs> could be right. Jamie's not very smarmy anymore. That's true, but I, 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 the the traveling show that I want to see um, is, is Bronn. Bronn and Oberyn are at least going to all the 
all the brothels and the bars in King's Landing together. I think they would be uh, fun to watch. That's a party. That's a party. Dangerous, dangerous party. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say either you're going to get killed or you're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. I I feel like Braun would say that uh, Ogren partied him out. He couldn't go that far. He's getting older, like he (laughs) says. Oh, sorry. I thought I had. Am I still on? Yeah. Uh, No, I feel like like Braun would uh, not be able to keep up with Ogren. I think I cut out again. No, you're, you're, you're there. We heard you. Um, so was there anything else with Oberyn that anybody wanted to, to say? Yeah, I did like the scene, of course, with the, uh, we mentioned with the, with King's Landing or the King's Men. Um, yeah, you know, compare and uh, added to the, what happened at the, happens at the end of the episode, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, you know, being a, you know, one of the King's Men isn't quite, uh, a good thing. Uh, you end up, in places you shouldn't be with people that want to kill you seems like more than anything else right <laughs> now. So of course they've, they burned half the countryside. It looks like, uh, as, yeah. well, like, you know, travel, they, but, they uh, were doing okay up to that point. They, they thought they were doing fine. Yeah. I also think it's pretty, it's, it's one of those things where you're watching the show and it's, it's like you, you forget that, you know, that, He's a Baratheon. I mean, jo- Joffrey is a Baratheon. You know, you always get well, the Lannisters and everything. You know, of course, Tywin's mm. in control, but you know, it's not that it's just the you know the Lannister family that's running everything. So, well, it seems like there's a lot of sort of general agreement even amongst the common folk that it's kind of like technically he's a Baratheon, but <laughs> really you might as well be Lannister because there's actually no other Baratheons in King's mm. Landing at all. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, because uh, any actual Baratheons went off for Stannis or, or Renly and uh-huh. kind of got scattered to the wind. Um, so really when you say, okay, if even if his name is Baratheon, it's everyone knows who's really there at the. At That's the true. It's just one of those things where I, I often forget that he's actually, you know, his last name is Baratheon because everything is so <laughs> Lannister uh, skewed with you know the way everybody talks. So, um, let's see, Tyrion. We, did we get all Tyrion's Tyrion segments there? Um, I'm trying to cheer up Sansa, but yeah, uh, yeah, we can get the rest of King's Landing out of the way. So we had uh, Tyrion after, um, or he goes to uh, spend a few minutes or tries to uh, get uh, Sansa to eat. This is before actually he talks to Shay. Um, so he's, you know, she's trying to get him to eat. They have the you know, which is the other sort of thing with Shay is that she has this, she'll do, she would die to protect Sansa or, you know, that at least that's what the appearances are that she's put forward. But then she, you know, condemns Tyrion for feeling that way or being protective in any sort of way towards her. Uh, I just want to clarify one minor point. 
last season when she's talking to Varys, she didn't say she would die for Sansa. She says she would kill for Sansa. Okay. Which that is, a, that is perhaps a, good point. a subtle point of distinction, yeah, but that is a better yeah. that is a <laughs> But yeah, she would definitely do you know, she has that protective quality when it comes to Sansa, but any protectiveness that Tyrion feels feels for her is, you know, just Dirty. the fact that he wants to be be in bed with her and, and toss her aside, which you know, I think is, is interesting. But, uh, you know, the whole idea is that she isn't eating. She's still crying and, and unhappy, of course, about everything that's mm-hmm. happened to her family. Um, you know, had the scene in the Godswood, um, and then she runs into Sir Dantos, even, you know, read a lot around where people didn't recognize Sir Dantos even after the previously on uh, show. So, um, you know, I do, I do think that since they've come back to him and I think, you know, we're going to see more of them this season, you know, if they pull from the books that, you know, they sort of probably had some scenes probably where he's being a fool in, in the, you know, in the, you know, wherever Joffrey uh, yeah, is at know. times, and they like probably that. dropped the you know dropped them on the cutting room floor or what have you, because mm. you know it's been since uh, season two. Well, the battle uh, battle of Blackwater, he's like mm-hmm. seen being a fool for like two seconds, not really speaking at all. You well, know, I think also though, I just mean, why are they going to spend screen time on him for something that's not going to happen for fifteen more episodes? So, could be right. I mean, I, I just think that having characters that you know are going to come back and then not showing them for for that just well, because you have not, to pay not. an actor to be in scenes if you're going to have them in I scenes. Guess so. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, well, and plus, any scene that you have them in is that much less time for something else. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say, my primary, really, my only quarrel with this episode was what I thought was just the dumb and completely unnecessary <laughs> sequence of her. Oh, someone's calling me. Oh, my gosh, who is it? Who is it? And then he's, like, right behind her. Right. And she doesn't notice. <laughs> and it's not like he's some sneaky cat burglar ninja. He's fat and drunk. Yeah. Like, and a yeah. so she too. thinks she's being followed. She's scared. She's hurrying. She comes to a dead end, and he surprises her by being right behind her. I'm like, why, why, why did that even happen? That's like, it was so unnecessary. He could have been sitting in one spot and he just comes up behind her and she's startled. And then you have the scene like there, the whole sequence leading up to that, I thought was ridiculous and unnecessary. I mean, the first cut, they thought there's too much of a lull here. We need to pep it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and you know, one point of that is that he, you know, he doesn't want want to be seen talking to her. He wants to, you know, not not have anybody see that. But they don't even say that that's the reason that he's sort of sneaking around or whatever. So they just sort of leave it as this thirty second, you know, horror type thing that didn't didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Instead of just at least bringing that up to say, you know, I, I didn't want anybody to see me. I, I needed to talk to you or that type of thing. So. Well, I will say that as soon as he starts talking and stuff, I found him adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came across as as likable more than just being the 
sod he was in season two when he was seen. So uh, yeah, I could care less about him last season. I was like, okay, he's a drunken elf, but for, there's something about him in this scene that is just like adorable. Like I think it's his reflection on how much he's lost that makes him adorable. I don't know. There's just something in his eyes, his mannerisms. I'm curious what uh, Chooch thinks about this whole scene. Like, because honestly, if I hadn't read the books, I'd sit here and go, what the heck's the point? Why is he giving her a necklace? Why is she taking the necklace? Yeah, I didn't get that at all. I mean, I mean, well, I got, I definitely had a lot more empathy for him and just kind of how far he's fallen and kind of like, he is at the end of his house. This is the end of the line. And that's very sad. And, uh, but no clue why we need to see that or experience it. But it's funny because I was just, you know, rolling with it and thinking, wow, is she going to wear that on? Her? Oh wait, no, they already had the wedding. And da, 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 da. you know, I wonder what she's going to see. And like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. It was weird. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. It's a definitely, you know, obviously a setup. But and I figure sometimes, well, I figure sometimes there's a nod to the book readers for something. Maybe it was that, but it's, yeah, seemed more longer than it would need to be for a nod. Yeah. And that was, yeah, that was part of my point is that I thought his initial appearance at the, you know, in season two and that thing, I was like, okay, well, maybe that's sort of a nod because they never came back to him as a character. And then I'm like, okay, maybe it was just sort of for a thing for the book readers. And then. You know he's back now, so now it's we'll have to see what uh, what uh, what will happen uh, ongoing with that. Um, well, we got two major. Well, we got three more major things. So let's let's jump over to Essos uh, and uh, to uh, Daenerys. So um, yeah, we've got Daenerys um, not feeding her dragons. They're they're taking care of things themselves, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, how'd you feel about the uh, first sighting of the dragons yep. this season? Nutty. As she claps. Yes. <laughs> Yay. It was awesome. It, it did feel like um, Drogon looks like he's bigger than the other two already, um, mm-hmm. which was kind of neat to see. Um, and then when I watched it for the second time and I saw him snap at her, all I could think in my head was, why did you try to touch him while he's eating? Have you never owned a dog? Like, I don't <laughs> care that they're dragons. You don't touch a dog's neck if he's trying to eat something. Why would you do that to a dragon? You can if you train and, him right. No, no. Never. Uh, never. She really lets me. She lets me do anything. <laughs> That's because you have a special pet. Yes. But, I mean, it was just, all I could think was, Danny, don't be dumb. But, Sir Jorah is right, you cannot tame a dragon. That's just like you can't own a dragon. I don't. Well, see, but the, it, that's, I mean, that's not a small problem, though. No, no, it's not because, a small problem. Like, at some point, if these things are wild, like, what's to stop them from just flying away? And then all of a sudden, you are not the mother of dragons, you are the girl who used to have dragons and now doesn't anymore and maybe soon won't have other things anymore. <laughs> I mean, the that, army that you walk down you the continue to treat them well, they'll continue to protect I mean, you. it has been uh, implied. Uh, well, maybe. It's been implied to me all, all along. All she was doing is trying to soothe the one and have it try to be less aggressive towards its brothers and it snapped at her. 
Oh, he was eating. You <laughs> eating my ice cream cone. What do you think I'm going to do? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> if the dragon can su surprise, it's like snapping at her like that. If it was six inches further <laughs> ahead, like she's lost her hand. This is, I mean, this is not a dog where it snaps at you and you go, oh, you. This is like, it could kill you like that. See, that's how I feel about dogs, so. <laughs> well, to me, the whole time to me, it's been implied that she has a supernatural power over the dragons. And mm -hmm. so that is a really significant display. And yeah. so, and, and she certainly looked surprised and, and mm -hmm. the way that he mentioned it, I don't know. It's like clear that he ha isn't a true, true believer all along, or, you know, they are wild animals. This isn't just, well, the thing is tale. too that we have to remember none of these people know what the fuck they're talking about yeah. with these dragons. None of them have any actual first hand experience with dragons except for these, and it's not going well. So <laughs> like Yeah. You know, and, if they had yeah. Sam there with them, for example, to help, yeah. you know, read them up on well, what did they actually do when they were training That's the dragons? They need to do. they need to go to the Sam library. There you go. But yeah, I mean, and I don't know all the history like like Nutty does, or you know, as far as but you know, when you hear mostly about the dragons and stuff, it's usually one Targaryen or you know one person riding one dragon. It's like a one to one thing. She has three dragons, and the idea of control and uh, for her, I mean, in addition to taking over these cities and what's going to happen with that, and is she going to be able to control all of that? The idea of these dragons, is she going to be able to control not just one, but three of them? Um, and if you consider that, you know, at least what they've shown, that Drogon is, is the one that she's most connected to, or at least the one that seems to be that, that uh, the idea that that's the one that snapped out her, uh, uh, does, does paint. Seems like it's been pretty there. consistent through the seasons that he's been the one always. Yeah, he's the one that burns, burned, uh, Krasnus and you know that sort of stuff. So, mm -hmm. so we had uh, that scene, and they cut away from that. Don't know where they're keeping the dragons right now. Um, you know, they're just flying around all the time, loose or what have you. But uh, we had. Uh, I will just point out. Uh, you know, I said this in our immediate reaction show too, and it's also it's really a nitpick. But given that it's really only supposed to be like a couple of weeks at the most since the end of season two, they've grown a lot yeah. in that time. They're you know they're they're three times the size that they were even just at Yunkai. They're getting plenty yeah, of food now. The one thing I would say to that, and I don't know if this is the case with this or not, is that they're there's always seemed to be some sort of time displacement between what's happening in Westeros and what's happening in Essos. So the fact that only a couple of weeks has passed in King's Landing since well, no, they arrived. Think about it in Daenerys's time point. We last saw them when she's threatening the leader of Yunkai just before that all went down because it went down like that night. Right. Now she's on her way to Marine. So we're only talking about how much time has elapsed since they took Yunkai to where they're now on their way to Marine. Right, but they never really stated how long that time frame was, because, I mean, they could have stayed in Yonkai for a while. I mean, I, I'm just saying that, that 
they they might not have really dropped the ball as far as size. It may not just be two weeks for them. I think that they deliberately decided to fudge it because they figured people wouldn't care that much. And they're right, but <laughs> I'm not going to cut yeah. them the slack about it. It isn't it. Yeah, yeah. It I'm not it, saying it it's a big deal, I, but I am saying they fudged it. It's not like legit. You saw that. We're so. watching you. I think they just <laughs> wanted to open the season with bigger dragons. It had nothing to do with plot. It had everything to do with showmanship. Yeah. But it's been it's been ten months because the show ended in June, so <laughs> and now it's April. Come on, Christiana. Even then. Even then. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, they're just too big. You know, Arya just keeps getting bigger too, and, and no time has passed. Yes. For her story. And Pod, for that matter. Yeah, and Bran and, and everybody else. Yeah, well, so we haven't seen Bran yet. Well, people have seen. Um, yes, Mike McCauley says they must eat lots of sheep. Uh, <laughs> probably so. Um, the dragon, he also said the dragon was displaying who is really in charge, which definitely agree with that as well. Could be. Um, so we have a scene after that with, uh, you know, the unsullied are all around and, uh, um, they they ask where Grey Worm is and Dario, and they say that they're gambling. Uh, <laughs> you have the long walk with all the troops, and then they find uh, Grey Worm and Dario, a new Dario. And Viv was all Fucking like, Dario. they're going to make the queen walk all that way? Like, no, you go sit down, we'll get them. Like, That's just how Khaleesi rolls, you know. Well, I think the point is, goes. though, that they were deciding that they, nobody other than the queen would they, they wouldn't respect anybody else's authority mm. to to do it. But that said, I think, you know, even though they don't make a big deal of it, I think it's an excellent illustration of why Dario is really so dangerous for Daenerys. Um, mm-hmm. Because as much as there's sort of an animal magnetism appeal there, and he's a good fighter, he's not really on the same mission that she is at all. Mm-hmm. So that's, he's the simplest man in the world. He only does what he wants. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, uh, you know, it's, it's a problem, you know? And, and I think that, uh, you know, even, even with the character last season, you know, there's the bit where like he impresses her by killing the other two, guys and then sneaking into camp to show her the heads and her reaction is just like is not like whoa you're sexy it's more like why would you do that (laughs) you know um i'm not impressed i'm pissed you know but uh at the same time he's a little impressed (laughs) (laughs) um and so that's i think the 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 dangerous dynamic there what i will say actually is that um I'm willing to let this new guy grow on me. And it's not like I loved the last guy exactly, but I feel like the last guy was closer to the Dario I had in my head, just in the sense that, you know, neither of them really look like he's described in the book, but the character I've always had the impression that he's kind of like a, kind of a douchebag, you know, it was like, he's, he's kind of preening, Mm-hmm. He's, you yeah. know, uh, self-confident yeah, always, to excess. 
Yeah, I always, and, always uh, imagine. Yeah, and, and so, exactly what I was saying. Huh? So this this whole kind of um, this this new guy who's kind of got the uh, you know cultivated bedhead and you know uh, you know scruffy whiskers sort of thing. It, it, that look, well, is it's an appealing look in general. Does seem it's a very different take on the character. I thought, so I don't know. I'm sure the performance might be fine, but I I I don't know that I like the look visually as much. I thought his personality completely changed, and it bugs the fuck yes. out of me. This guy's boring to me. I mean, uh, I he didn't have much yeah. yet, so we got to see what he's going to do. He was vanilla. He was boring to me. Yeah, the the main thing I'm worried about, and you know, that they don't. I mean, like you said, it looks like they've even toned him down more just based on the very small sample of what we what we've seen, and the idea that you know it could he could just turn into a romantic, you know, interest and nothing more, and you lose that that other side of his character, which is the, you know the flamboyance and the the danger that that he can present to her. Um, uh, I, I hopefully they won't they won't go that because they feel like it might play better that she needs a romantic interest to keep her story going and make it more of a romantic comedy with flowers instead of uh, you know uh, <laughs> instead of bringing them the head bringing her the heads of her enemies. So. I, in the books, I hate Dario so much because he's that that guy that type of guy that I hate. And I don't understand why women fall for him, and they do. And 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 Danny's interested, and in, and in, it's just ugh. And neither of the Darios in the show have really elicited that response from me. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much all we got. Uh, we got the 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 dead slave child on the. Uh, on the post, the mile marker, um, heading towards Marine. So, uh, uh, did like her reaction where, when Jora said, we're going to, you know, we'll ride ahead and take down the, the bodies. And she says, uh, no, I want to see every one of them as we go. So Barristan said that. Oh, it's Barristan. Yes. Somebody will yell at us. (laughs) Yes, sure. You got it wrong. Patman will will do it. I know it'll be him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and she but, said, yeah. "Take the collars off, which I love." Mm-hmm. Before you bury, take the collars off. So, yeah, um, nothing else. Nothing much else from from Essos. Um, you know, uh, Grey Worm. We got a little peek of with the gambling and the the look towards Masande. So, uh, you know, uh, even even the eunuch. I, I don't know though whether I I like that as a possible plot line just the idea that that i, mean, I don't know i just again the whole where are we just going to have all these characters wanting to romance the female characters in in essos you know jora wanting and everything so uh, oh jora you're so friend zoned yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so we go head back and um we've got uh well let's go to the wall um, <laughs> oh, before we head up there, we um we have uh we have a couple more people in um uh, in the Q and A, including uh, Sheriff Bullock, who had left the comment. Hey, hey, there you go. 
Yes, and he said, uh, Daenerys has limited options. Most of her male companions have no genitalia. Yes. So it is, yes, it is nice to have a young man with with bo- all his body parts uh, uh, to choose from. Um, you know, but I guess one of the ideas is that she is young, um, not all that experienced in the ways of the world, and then the fact that she's... Uh, uh, being drawn to this in the book, you know, you've got this you know, again, flamboyant, dangerous, what have you guy, and and you know, whether she, whether the the how she is attracted to this guy and how it goes in the books, it just, um, well, again, we'll just have to wait and see. You know, just having the swarthy, as as Teal Wolf says, as my nitpick is, we already have too many swarthy, roguish, scruffy guys, so. Uh, the fact that uh, Dario is sort of ah, <laughs> so I, I yeah I'm just trying to get a job on the show. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so to to take Dario and to make him more generic looking, even though this guy you know is good looking guy actor of course. Um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but over to the wall where we see John. Um, quickly with with Sam, uh, the bromance continues between them. See how that proceeds. Uh, uh, little little speech there, but then he goes in and uh, we get to see Alistair Thorne and Janice Slint, um, which I actually liked them being there. Um, yes, you know uh, we can say in the books that 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 since we're to this point that when John got back to the wall, it's pretty much just old men and cripples and, and green recruits. And maybe that in some ways is still going to be the case, but having these two characters that just hate him, well, Janice hadn't met him, but he definitely Mm -hmm. hates him. Just Well, he's certainly not a fan of um, (laughs) Starks generally. I mean, you know, it was Tyrion that sent him home, but even before that, you know, uh, he, he had that whole thing with, uh, I mean, Tyrion sent him to the wall because Janos betrayed the former King's Hand, which was Ned. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Janos has already got beef with the Stark family. (laughs) Yes. I don't know why the hell he's up on this important review board desk. I mean, I thought, you know, he should be a new recruit and he should be out in the training yard and like any other new recruit. He was like in the city yard. So what? So John has a point, but it's also kind of if you're if you're the Night's Watch and you have someone who does have experience leading men, um, being an officer, you know, you don't put them through boot camp. Yeah, plus you, you sort of get the idea that maybe because uh, they, I mean, they didn't really show all of this, but you know, mm-hmm. he, he was sent down. Alistair was sent down to King's Landing. Uh, yeah, and you know, yeah, so, one, so they, maybe they came back together and they became fast friends. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in in the books, they actually did establish that there yeah. was a bit of a relationship between those two guys. Not. Not like romantic. I'm just saying right. they, they did know each other. Yeah. Yes, so, it, it makes uh, sense. I guess in my mind it was like you know this was a complete rebirth and that you'd have some kind of uh-huh. intro to well, their ways and and they didn't you know and they really didn't get into it too much. But most of the people in authority did go on the mission with Mormont. 
mm-hmm. yeah. on the wall. So yeah, it has been a while. You know, who who knows? Who Thorne might have gone too, except that he got sent to King's Landing instead. Right. Yeah. So you know, they haven't really established it yet, but maybe there just isn't anybody else there in any sort of authority. So that that. Well, and not only that, but Janice Slint is just exactly the sort of guy to show up at a place and say, okay, who's in charge? I'm going to go suck up to them now. Yeah. Yeah. And so if we've got, you know, uh, Thorne, who is the kind of exactly the kind of guy who having someone suck up to him is going to appeal to him highly. Yep. Yep. Made uh, in somewhere. You, uh, you, Christiana will, uh, be surprised most probably by this is but I actually like the way John was in this episode. Oh, well, good. He's grown. <laughs> he's showing some backbone. Not so much the emo, even though, you know, he's been shot by arrows by his girl and had to come back. He's, you know, got some spine and he's he's not emo. So he used either. to be an emo whiny bitch until he did, got an arrow to the knee. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But, um, you know, I just, I liked the, you know, when he said, uh, you, uh, you know, with the wildlings and he had that little speech where he, you know, he says, I've eaten with the wildlings and blah, blah, blah. And then he, I laid with, with a wildling girl. So uh, I just liked the way well, he delivered that. He's just got to brag. And I, well, I think where, where John is at is that, you know, he's been put through the ringer and had, Plenty of opportunity to make a different choice if he felt that that's what he had wanted to do. And in fact, he had to really give up something very important to him in order to do that. And so at this point, the fact that he's back there at all is because he feels like there is important information that these people need to know. I need to tell it to them. And nothing else is more pressing than that. And so it's almost kind of like he's showing up and he knows more than any of those guys because he has been beyond the wall. He talks to Mance. He knows what's going on. He's the one that actually knows what's going on. And so mm-hmm. they want to dress him down about petty stuff that is so small potatoes compared to what he's trying to tell them. At that point, that's where he's just kind of like, Listen, I don't care what you decide you want to do to me, but at least like listen to what I'm saying first. Yeah. So it's like if you're gonna hang me, then fine, but at least do prepare for Mance coming, okay? <laughs> and yeah. that, my my favorite my favorite part of that whole thing was uh, you know, they keep talking back to him about oh you can't get fifty wildlings together without, you know, somebody killing each other and all that stuff. But he gets to the point where he talks about they got giants with him, and Janice, you know, Janice Lynn stands up, but Alistair Thorne's sitting there going, "Oh shit!" Yeah, because <laughs> he that. actually Janice you know, is like, "Oh, giants, right?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> great. Thorne, great not moment. laughing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I also love that the if we killed every. Every uh, uh, man of the Night's Watch who broke his vows, we'd be guarded by headless men. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Although, to hard. some extent, given how much angst John went over about uh, went through about breaking that particular vow, to have Eamon practically laugh it off, it's got to be like, oh, man, I could have been sleeping with a grid way sooner. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what he was thinking. <laughs> Oh man! But uh, I uh, I love how before this scene though, um, all the scenes with Samwell, 
if you notice, he's deeply troubled. And like he wants to say something, but he can't. And they didn't put a they didn't hang a lantern on it like they did every other thing in this episode. They didn't say, remember, he's he's not telling John that he saw Bran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you just see it on his face. Yeah. Yeah, we know it'll come soon. So that's that's our soon that it'll come eventually. So um I will just want to say also, and I mean that all happens too in the scene where, you know, John has been has learned about what happened to Rob. And as far as he knows, Bran and Rickon, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's that's news too. Since he went went beyond the wall, so he's kind of lost everything. But I think at this point, you know, even though it's not that he doesn't care, it's that he really has become convinced that there are more important things, and right. so that's why I think he's able to not be crushed by it. You know, he's sad, but there's important stuff that needs still needs to get done. But I liked the um the exchange of him his his memories of, of Rob and how he felt about Rob and to have Sam kind of echo that. You know, Yeah, that was that was a great line. Yeah. Where... You're better at everything than me except <laughs> reading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the books uh John was better at a lot of things though. He was better swordsman supposedly Blah blah, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah, he didn't talk about. Remember, you said we could never take Gilly away from uh, Craster. <laughs> we got her here somewhere. <laughs> that was after we got attacked by all the zombies and White yeah. Walkers, though. <laughs> and after I killed some. No, wait, I didn't mention that either, did I? <laughs> no, yeah, well, you, you gotta, that's one thing. I mean, you assume that it took some time for him to recover from his arrow wounds and what have you. So, you know, what has uh, Sam shared with him during that time? So you don't know if mm-hmm. like, it's just going to come out next episode as, oh, yeah, you told me last week about blah, 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 you know, or what have you, instead of actually him keeping a... Uh, as a secret, like Bran. Oh, I didn't tell you. You've been around for a couple of weeks recovering, but I never mentioned to you. I saw your brother. Oopsie, so. slipped my mind. <laughs> slipped my mind. Get it off your plate. Hold on. <laughs> that would be the funniest thing if, like, Samuel just somehow slips Hold <laughs> into the conversation and is like, "How do you know that word?" Hold on. But uh, yeah, uh, Gary Bedard and the. Uh, Chat said, uh, waiting for them to feature more Samwell. They should have more scenes with Sam and John like they did first season. They haven't called him Sam the Slayer yet. So I definitely think we will get more of those types of scenes. Mm -hmm. Sam and John this season. Uh, So that was all the the fireworks at the wall, I believe. And... um, might as well get over to uh, our, our... Well, we didn't really talk about Ygritte and Tormund. Ah. Mm. Um, yeah. Although I don't know that we need Throughout to spend a lot of time on that scene. It's mostly just, I guess we're going to spend some time with them, which is good. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, Tormund and Ygritte talking about how, you know, Tormund suspects that she must have, you know, let him go in the sense that she could have killed him and didn't. Um, yeah. But then also both of them being unsettled by the arrival of the Thens who kind of just show up and they brought their own dinner. Yes, they did. 
PG, you got to read the Q&A. Yes, Sheriff Bullock says, uh, Sam killed a White Walker, rescued a damsel, arrived back at Castle Black intact. Meanwhile, John got clawed in the face by a, by a warg slash eagle and shot full of arrows. So Sam greater than John. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I would be, you know, I wouldn't be sitting there saying that, you know, I... I hated you for, I wanted to hate you for, cause you're better at me than everything. Cause, uh, Sam did his, uh, did good work. You're better at me than at getting arrows. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, Tormund and Grit have their discussion about, uh, John. Yes. She seems to be making, uh, a quiver full of arrows just for John in case they ever see each other again. Um, <laughs> had more arrows there than, than any wildling ever in one uh, one place. So. Um, yes, and we see uh, the Thens and Stir, which he wasn't named, but uh, it's from the book. It appears that he's Stir. Um, and... That was about it with them, right? Yeah. So I saw that they have to deal with the cannibal uh, group. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they didn't spend a lot of times talking about the different groups in the earlier season, but uh, or seeing the different groups mm-hmm. rather. Uh, they mentioned some by name, but the idea of uh, of these guys being uh, coming in and, and sort of taking charge, or at least uh, being a a presence that uh, even Tormund is is not exactly uh, uh, confident being around uh, should be interesting to see what happens there. And Viv commented while we were doing a rewatch that uh, we were trying to think they're pretty much the most kind of outlandish looking other than the truly supernatural, the white walkers and, you know, Mm -hmm. and the giants. They're kind of like the freakiest dying warlock freakiest People we've really seen. Oh, yeah, the Warlock. Yeah. It's definitely and, out there uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they have interesting appetites. Yes. Although, you know, oddly enough, I feel like, um, I, you know, I've been watching Hannibal. And, and so, by comparison, you know, the cannibalism here was a little tame. Because they didn't season it properly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All they did was show an arm. Oh, come on. But, uh, yes, Nicole says, uh, uh, well, an aside, while talking about Game of Thrones over text to one of my friends, accidentally typed Hodor sexual. This needs to be a new orientation. Yes, uh, uh, like (laughs) Oberyn, you know, is usually called pansexual or what have you. uh, Mm -hmm. Yes, Hodor sexual. Yeah, that would be prosthetic on top of your dong, I guess, would be (laughs) Hodor sexual. My dog. That needs to be a t-shirt. Well, there there was my, to, I created uh, the hung like Hodor t-shirts, but they got pulled by Zazzle. Oh. Boo. <laughs> so we can go over to, uh, to further south from, uh, from where Tormund is and uh, get to our odd couple that we want to see just travel all around mm-hmm. Westeros, and that would be the Hound and Arya. Um, you know, great, great sort of, uh, just the bookends of talking about why don't you get me a horse and, um, you know, that scene, the idea that she would, he wouldn't give her a horse, you know, she'd just ride off if he gave her a horse and 
she ends up getting that horse at the end of the episode, get, getting her pony. So I thought that was a, a good mirror. And then, uh, of course, the just the I mean, the, the comedy that is, you know, just environmental comedy with the whole idea of, you know, why watching through the little holes in mm-hmm. the bushes that are just the right heights for them. And, uh, you know, the idea of naming your sword. Uh, what the fuck's a lami? Yeah, what, what, what the only, fuck's a lami, exactly. Only, only cunts would name their swords or whatever. So. Um, uh, the fact that, you know, he doesn't realize she's left the bushes and approached uh, the inn or tavern or whatever that farmhouse, whatever it was. Look on his face. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. I told her not to do this. Yeah. She never listens to me. Damn, start girl. <laughs> uh, Gary said uh, that was a prosthetic. He's disappointed. I, I did see an interview where he said it was a prosthetic. So mm. uh, I didn't have the balls to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sheriff Bullock says, "Hannibal, some prosthetic one. Hannibal to the Thens. I love your work." <laughs> Um, Anyone else who's not watching Hannibal, it's a great show, but you should yeah. watch from the beginning. So, uh, so Arya. Oh, and the hell. more 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 comedy, just very quickly. Um, she says, "Why didn't you steal anything from Joffrey?" And he says, "I'm not a thief." She's like, "You go around with murderous little boys, but you draw the line at thieving." No, she said he murders little boys. Oh, that's talking okay. about he murders Micah. Little boys. Cool. That you're yeah. right. But still, have a code. Have a code. <laughs> I should say you must be the worst, the worst deserter ever, or what have you, that uh, you didn't steal anything, or you. Well, and that's a little unfair because he did have some money, and Beric Dondarrion stole it and gave him a freaking IOU. That's true. Uh, the IOU. We'll <laughs> be paid back in full when the war is over. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. yes. So what else yeah. about? Uh, about our our odd couple here, Chooch, did you uh, and the the scene we're getting to the end here with with Oliver? Yeah, the, but, uh, it was a great scene overall. I mean, it it kind of had everything. It had comedy, it had action, it had drama. Mm-hmm. Um, it had you know kind of closed some some loops. Um, they're all of their exchanges are great. You know, anytime they're talking is hilarious. And just him and the way he composes himself and everything and just the lines, you know, are you really going to die over some chickens? Somebody is. Somebody is. Somebody <laughs> is. Damn. Yeah, I mean, how I'm, I'm going to eat every chicken in this place. I mean, how yeah. stupid is, is Polliver that he's sitting here and he's just saying all the wrong things <laughs> over and over again. And then wow. you've got this guy saying, you, you talk a lot, you know? I mean, it's like you, you, you really just should shut up. And he, mm-hmm. He's an idiot. So yeah, he's oh, just yeah. feeling I mean, untouchable, or you know. Well, yeah, you know, as far as he's, you know, he's not only does he have five guys, but he's also been going around, you know, basically raping and pillaging with nobody even trying to stop him right. for months, probably. My point would be, even with the five guys twenty feet behind me, I'm the one sitting three feet away from one of the most dangerous men in Westeros, and I'm talking mm-hmm. shit and basically threatening him with death when he, uh, 
you know, starts talking back. So it's like, okay, even, even if I was confident that eventually all of us could take him, I'm the one that's going to get the, the sword first. So uh, but, I wouldn't be talking like that. But you have to remember that these are uh, the mountains men, which means that they ride around with Sandor's big brother, who does nothing but make fun of Sandor. Even though we have seen Sandor can beat the mountain and stopped him in the tourney when he was going to uh, go after Loris. Well, he interrupted him. him and then they were fighting and then the king demanded yeah. that they stop. It's yeah. not like it was played but, out to completion. Yes. But plus it was just like, that. It was just that. With him. just that actor, not maybe not yeah. this actor. So <laughs> <That's true. laughs> but the, the, the thing is, um, the mountains men have only heard about Sandor through the mountain. So it's like, yeah, that's my little brother. He's a jerk, you know? And so they probably have a very low opinion of him and think that they can behave the same way. Well, not only that, but the current gossip about him is that he yeah. ran from the battle of Blackwater, like a coward. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. But they're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did like the assumption that uh, Arya was his was his girl was his mm -hmm. you know little <laughs> pedophile uh, question there and just the look on the look on the both of their faces at first and then he the hound just rolls with it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, Stu was saying, was this the first time Arya passed for a girl instead of hiding as a boy? Mike is Stu. Sorry, we go way back. <laughs> Ah, yeah, I was confused there for a second. Um, yeah, I don't. Um, I mean, it was the first well, time her when her hair's a little longer. Yeah, her hair's longer. So, yeah, but I also, mean, she is getting a little bit older. Just, I don't know. Yeah, it's At not, the same time, I think, you know, it, it always was kind of a, well, you know, it. what does the script say they, they think? Works on the idiots. <laughs> no, um, well, or that. Like she's with the hound now, so it's like yeah. she doesn't need that extra bit of safety on the road. Yeah, yeah. I sort of just got the feeling that they weren't actually trying to pass her as a boy anymore, just the idea that you know, he's taking her around so she's safe or whatever. Like when he still said, I'm your father, just, keep your mouth shut or whatever. And of course. She mm -hmm. still doesn't want to be recognized as, you know, a Stark, but uh yeah. I don't I don't think the 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 uh, trying to pass as a male is as important to her right now. Mm -hmm. um, so Polliver, you know, goes and is stupid. And then uh, we have the great battle between, uh, I mean, it's just great, great choreography. Um, the idea of getting, they get the hound on the ground and he's still able to fend off two guys. Um, basically with his feet until he is able to get his sword back and uh, uh, you know, takes him out. And then Arya stepping in and uh, uh, you know, uh, basically taking out the, uh, uh, the Achilles of uh, Oliver, mm -hmm. getting him down on the ground, slowly stabbing one guy with, with the sword and then uh, having, getting needle back and, uh, uh, her lines repeating back what he said to Lamy as, as he mm -hmm. killed Lamy. And then he gets it at the end, uh, recognizing not who she is, but what he's, what she's referring to, I guess. And then, uh, uh yeah. 
So, yeah. Probably the first time. On her face. Probably the first time. uh, Maybe there's something on The Walking Dead, but, uh, you know, that you have a teenage or a, you know, whatever age she's supposed to be on the show at this point, 11 year old girl committing murder and people around the world are cheering. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just quite the, uh, quite the statement that we are, are cheering uh, someone well, like, who's getting revenge. And uh, as a yeah, child, in, in some ways, this, this is um, like the, the guy, the last at the end of last season, Really, you could make a case that he's a jerk, but didn't deserve to be stabbed in the neck for it necessarily. You know, she had kind of Mm -hmm. an extreme reaction because she was emotional, obviously. But at least Polliver in this context had genuinely wronged her and was a thoroughly awful person and had basically just admitted in front of her that he had been torturing so many people Mm. that he was getting bored with it. He was on her death list. Yeah. So like in some ways, this one is more justified than the last one. Yeah. That said, that one was almost like just an incoherent lashing out because she's just so angry at the world. This one was more like she enjoyed this. This was, you know, the look on her face when she was done. Yes, that was. uh, And so it's, you know, it's definitely, I think they're striking a great balance between on the one hand us saying, yeah, get him. And also going, whoa, okay, she's not an innocent little girl anymore. Uh Yeah. Yeah, the the, the pleasure on her face was definitely uh, uh, disconcerting. You know, you have the idea of, of... you know, she has the ability, like Jamie, about his oaths. She has her own oath, um, the as far as to herself and, and the, the need for revenge and the idea that uh, she is actually someone who is showing that she is capable of uh, being able to keep that oath, at least mm-hmm. in the short term here. And how will that affect her uh, ongoing uh, is going to be interesting to see. One of the um, one of the great details too, I think, is just how easily needle slips into the neck and <laughs> slips in and out like that. It's kind of just just viscerally, it's kind of creepy, but in a slightly cool way. You know, just sort of feels like like fitting somehow. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, as opposed to you know, like a bigger sword where it's this big clumsy slash or something, but it's just kind of. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a great mirroring of how (laughs) how Lamy died. I'm Um, laughing at Nicole's uh, comment. uh, Look at the flowers. The flowers (laughs) are. Uh, let's see. The, the, uh, Gary asks, was the chicken line in the books or did they write that for the show? Um, I know it's a callback though for, from last season where the hound talked about chickens before. Uh, but as far as, uh, from the book, I don't remember. You know, I'm, I don't I'm not so. exactly sure. I think he was asking for chicken. I don't think he went like into great detail like he did this time. Um, but I will say that as he was riding off with the chicken in his hand, <laughs> all I could think of was Leroy Jenkins and 
At least I got me some chicken. <laughs> oh my. Classic. Uh, yes, and Sheriff Bullock uh, corrected me or, or put the line here that I couldn't re- quite remember verbatim, which was the, uh, his favorite line of the episode as well. Lots of people name their swords. Yeah, lots of cunts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, and Stu, as he is known now, uh, <laughs> says, to me, the fact that she stabbed his throat nice and slowly showed much satisfaction for Arya. Yeah, I mean, she she did it just like he did to Lamy and, and, mm-hmm. and enjoyed the... Well, it was a little bit of a follow-up, too, of, uh, you know, the other guy that she she killed with the bigger sword. Mm-hmm. I, it was just interesting, just the mechanics of it, that literally the sword, the size of the sword is so big that right. she literally has to just kind of heft it up and just sort of lean into it just to actually push it into the guy. She doesn't have the strength to just jab it. She mm-hmm. has to she has to push it. Yes. Um, and uh, and then certainly by comparison too with needle, it's just like and and the idea that it's a weapon that's for her just makes it it almost like this is the final missing piece she needed <laughs> <laughs> to just become a full on killer. Yeah. So that was our episode, uh, the episode, Two Swords is the name of it. What is the name of the next episode, Nutty? I believe it's The Lion and the Rose. Sorry, I'm a little behind. I know that is one of the, the names. I don't know if it's the next. Yeah, I think it is because that's for the the uh, the wedding probably. Yeah. I think. That makes sense. Yeah. I know one of them has something to do with oaths. In the preview, we couldn't really tell if it was for it. the rest it. of the season or just for the next episode. It certainly looked like a whole bunch of wedding. Um, yeah, yeah, I did look back. It did say on the next episode. It uh, didn't say like, you know. The Lion and the Rose. The I'm Lion sorry. and the Rose, yes. And yeah, so, so that sounds like wedding stuff, right? I mean, the lions, yeah. for, you know. Although, again, it's a, again, it's, cool. a, it's continuing this trend of technically he's a Baratheon, so going to be stag in the rose, right? <laughs> but no, I mean, but people were making that confusion even back when Robert was still king because it's exactly like um, how Ned finally figures it out as Sansa saying, you know, he's not like those other Baratheons, you know, implying that his sigil was the lion is like Arya has to say, he's a Baratheon and he should be a stag. So, yep, exactly. <laughs> So, do we want to do ratings? Uh, let's do the contest first. We had, uh, we'll had we be doing a contest for our uh, viewers, listeners every week. Uh, not We did not set one up ahead of time for the listeners uh, uh, for, for episode one, uh, but we did one for our, for our hosts. Uh, we usually do two questions, uh, and you can put in your guesses and... Uh, if you are, it's basically we usually do two winners unless the same person wins uh, both questions. But the idea is getting as close to it without going over. Our two questions for our cast and crew here of uh, um, of the podcast was um, uh, how many new named characters are we going to meet in episode one? And the second question, which is a, one of our favorites, as always, is how many boobs are we going to see? 
Um, I think the official count was four boobs, mm-hmm. two ladies in uh, the timid one and the piece the of the timid one and the 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 stretchy one. And we, we don't we count half a boob indeed. for uh, for for the the boy. It got fondled. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I still disagree with that. Uh, I, I don't. <laughs> no, uh, I don't approve of that. Yeah. I never, I never signed off on man boob as being, uh, yeah. If he weighed 300 pounds and it was more man boob, maybe you could have an argument, but uh, not, uh, not muscly chested boy. Um, and then uh, new name characters. We had uh, a little bit of a question, but uh, I counted Steer the Thin that really wasn't really named, but he is. A named character. Uh, yeah, he seems like a notable character that's going to show yes. up again. And we got the Thens, which is yes, if not it's his, his last name. name. <laughs> uh, and then we had uh, Oberyn, of course, and Alaria Sand, uh, mm-hmm. Paramore, and so three there. So um, let's see. We had Chris. No, we had uh, Nutty getting the three characters named of exactly. So, Is that all I guessed? Cool. You guessed three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did guess five boobs, though, so I'm not quite understanding that. But uh, uh, that was, you know, could have been a good guess if somebody did, you know, one side view of somebody. But uh, yeah. there were there were only four, so you didn't get that one. So the boobs answer uh, goes to Christiana, who guessed two. Um, I went with six and a half. I was hoping for a, a half, <laughs> a, a side boob shot, which we were going to consider as a half boob but uh nice. yes um so there we go there so um yes we had uh, at the end of every show we also do a uh well actually we need to do the questions for next week did anybody have questions for next week um we definitely know that there's going to be at least some portion or all of a wedding ceremony based on previews uh we also saw John in previews, I believe. I'm not John. Bran. Uh, I don't know what else we saw. Right. Well, so we didn't get anything from Bran or Stannis um, this this week. So and, uh, they were here in the videos. So um, or Theon, for that matter. Theon. Theon yeah. and, uh, little fingers got to be getting close to the airy. Yeah, but they haven't. They haven't even shown Littlefinger in any of the clips. So I don't know. Because I was going to say it. like inappropriate so familial touching, but. Well, if they're having a wedding, uh, how about uh, named food dishes? Like, for instance, they mentioned lemon oh, yeah. and pigeon pie. Mm. So yeah, I like that one. Count would have been two, but okay. if it's going to be a wedding, there's going to be a lot. Yeah, I, I like that. That's one. Hard. Named foods, named dishes. So, everybody that's watching, listening, we will be having, we will be doing this. Uh, uh, we'll have a survey on the website that you can go fill out and we'll capture those and have winners every week that we always do. Um, so a second question, since we have a wedding, do we want to do kisses? How many kisses do we see? Sure. Yeah, go on. Sure. Why not? Cause it's usually you're going to have some other, you know, Yeah. maybe we'll have a procure show up. Or <laughs> 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 so how many kisses and named dishes so that will be our contest for next week so uh we do our ratings at the end of every episode um usually out of 10 but sometimes we don't depends on 
the mood people are in. So, Christiana, what is your? I give it eight out of ten arteries in the in the wrist. Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> eight out of ten, and and uh, Nutty always she has a little spreadsheet where she keeps all her ratings for for. <laughs> For future reference. So, Nutty, what is your rating? I am going to give it a 9 out of 10 What the Fuck's a Lummies. <laughs> awesome. Chooch. I'm going 10 out of 10 Thin Head Scars. Oh, I like that. I like that. And mine would be 9 out of 10 uh, Arrows in Ugrit's Quiver. Mine was the lowest. Wow. Yep. That is quite yeah. the. I told you, I was just happy. I'm not sure that has happened before. That probably is. <laughs> Thought this was definitely. We don't have a score for Viv. This was the strong. What was? Uh, what do you have the spreadsheet? I do. We didn't do them for season one, though, did we? No, we didn't do it for season okay. one. Because I, I, in previous seasons, uh, our episode one had a average of. 100% for uh, <laughs> episode one for season two. Uh, that mostly comes from Chooch giving it 150%. It was no, yeah, that's, that's a you're skewing the numbers. Back. Oh, right. And then episode one for season three was an average of 79%. And our average for tonight is 90%. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, I, um, you know, I thought this was pretty much <laughs> comparable to the. Um, to the first season, episode one. I thought the pacing of season two, season three opening episodes weren't as good as this one. I thought this was uh, uh, definitely the, the best. So, yeah, uh, I had no real complaints exactly. I just, you know, I, so I. Yes, from our, from our audience, uh, Stu had eight out of ten gold prosthetic hands. <laughs> Uh, Sheriff Bullock's 8.5 out of 10 future Westerosi chicken franchises. <laughs> Very good. Um, anybody wants to send in? Anybody wants to send in their their funny uh, ratings? We will uh, say them on the next show. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely the most interaction we've had with an audience on this, and uh, it's very promising for this season. Uh, we uh, look forward to uh, seeing you guys next Wednesday and then probably the Sunday after that for, for, for a quick show uh, after episode three. So uh, thanks everybody for joining. Uh, thanks, Nicole. Said she's uh, just so happy it's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, she's talking about the Game of Thrones, not us. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but uh, us too. Uh, <laughs> But thanks everybody for uh, for sticking with us for two plus hours. It's Christiana's bedtime, so it's time for us to go. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next yeah. week on uh, Beyond the Wall. Thanks everybody. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to send feedback to Beyond the Wall, you can email us at btw at specficmedia dot com. That's btw at s p e c f i c m e d i a dot com. Or you could send us a voicemail at 704-315-5884. Or you can comment on the web. Go to specficmedia.com and there you'll find 
a shiny little button to click on that'll take you right to our page. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, 3.0, unported license. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it.